I'm a better Christian because I'm a soldier. And I'm a better soldier because I'm a Christian. My name is Arthur Harrison. I'm one of the pastors at Alabaster First United Methodist Church in Alabaster, Alabama. But I'm also an Army Reserve Chaplain and have served in the Army Reserve for over 12 years in various capacities uh, all over the United States. Uh, but before I was an Army Chaplain, uh, for the first half of my life, I was an Army Dependent. And my father was active duty, and we moved all over the United States, lived in Germany for a, a period of time, and I got to experience things in the military and as a part of a military family that I never would have been able to experience. And I feel like has made my life more rich and more diverse than anything I ever could possibly have imagined. And so I've been around the military most of my life. There's been only a small part of my life somewhere around college where I didn't have a military ID card of some point or another. And so I find that I have a unique perspective on those that are serving in the military. And so I've been asked to share this week on praying for those serving in the military. And I cannot think of a more beautiful community to pray for and to think about this week. When we think about the military, we think about a very unique culture. For those that serve in the military, whether it's in the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, the Coast Guard, and even the Space Force, when they go through their initial military training, before they ever talk about weapons, before they ever talk about anything else to do with what we typically think of the military, their initial military training is learning about culture a new culture that they're joining, uh, this new tribe, this new family that has a particular way that they talk, a particular way that they dress, a way that they go about and plan their day. They have their own rules and customs and courtesy. They have their own laws. They have their own way of life. It is a unique culture that they're joining. And I remember that uh, when I first experienced the military and the lessons that it's taught me over the years, I've had unique ways that my life has been a little bit different than most of those that I've been around. For instance, I don't ever think of myself as having a hometown. I have a place where my family is right now at this moment. I have had places where I have lived maybe a year or two longer than other places, but my home is where my family is. It's never been tied to a geographic location. And when you think about that experience that people in the military have and uh, all the other different experiences that they have when it comes to living a life of duty, of service, of discipline, of protection of their families and our way of life, um, it is a very unique community and a unique opportunity to pray for them. When we talk about those serving in the military, we talk about a very small percentage of our population. I used to say that it was around 1% of the U.S. population that serves in the military. But as of right now, those that are serving on active duty and re reserve capacities, you're looking at about 2.1 million people out of an American population that's over 330 million. And so uh, we're getting a little bit close to half a percent of the population of the United States that's actively serving. And if you combine that 2.1% of those currently serving in active or reserve capacity with the 16.5 million veterans that we have in our communities and our towns and our churches, we think about that there's 19 million people 
that have been a part of a very unique community of what it means to protect, what it means to serve, what it means to really amplify the duty that it is to take care of their people. And so when I think about praying for the military, uh, two particular stories kind of come to mind. I think about the prayers that I have had one-on-one with individual soldiers going through difficulties in their lives. And then I think about a prayer that was prayed in the moment, that as I was moving and as I was active, that came on a midnight phone call one night and just asking God to kind of keep that prayer line open as, uh, as I was going to need that guidance in the moment of where God could have me to serve. But my first story is one of my friends in the military that I had served with for several years uh, came to me one afternoon and was going through a very difficult situation in her life. And as she kind of shared some family difficulty that was going on and uh, talked about some inner turmoil that was going on in her life, I offered the question of, what can I do to help you right now? And she really kind of just met me with a little bit of a, a blank look and a, a blank idea and said, you know, I, I don't really know. Um, you know, I think maybe just talking was helpful. And I said, would me saying a prayer be helpful for you? And this particular soldier, she had come up in a background that she had had some exposure to a religious life, to a community life uh, in a congregation, but um, had not been a part of that. And I think maybe it even had some negative experiences with that and, and had moved away from faith. And so the question really kind of hung in the air for a second. And she said, what would a prayer look like? And so I stopped for a moment and said, what, what would a prayer look like? And I said, well, I would sit right here where I am right now. And, and you could sit right there where you are right now. And I would bow my head and I would close my eyes and I would begin to pray. You could keep whatever posture you was you were comfortable with. Keep your eyes open. You could, you know, listen or you could pray along or just whatever you feel led to do in that moment. And she said, "Okay, let's try that." And so I bowed my head and I closed my eyes and and I began to pray. And I remember the prayer that came to mind was shaped out of the Genesis creation stories. And as I thought about and I began to pray about uh, the turmoil and the storms going on in my friend's life and that God is the God who can speak peace over chaos and that God's spirit hovered over the face of the deep and the churning waters and new creation and order began to come out of the chaos. And so I prayed for new creation. I prayed for peace in her life that could come out of turbulent and stormy, chaotic waters. And I remember wrapping up that prayer and uh, lifting up my head and opening my eyes and, and looking up at her. And she had a look on her face that really wasn't confusion or, or, or really anything other than just processing the moment and just thinking about the moment. And I remember her looking up and saying, that was good. That was helpful. Thank you. And that conversation launched a relationship and being able to encourage her and being able to walk through the rest of her military journey over the next couple of years to the point that 
one of her last assignments was as a company commander for one of the companies that we were over. And when she had her change of command ceremony and she took command, she asked me if I could pray. And she said, can you pray a prayer similar to that first prayer that you prayed for me in your office? And I said, I remember the very one and I would be honored to. And that experience with prayer was one that has always stuck with me as one of the most significant prayers. Because when we pray for the military community, a lot of times what I experience as an army chaplain is a lot of the soldiers that I have don't necessarily have a religious community. A lot of times I might be the the closest thing that they have to a spiritual guide or a mentor or a pastor. I've been asked to do several weddings. Uh, I've been asked to do several funerals because in their words, I'm the only religious person that they know. And I think that it's such a unique opportunity to be able to lean into a community of individuals that define themselves by service to others, a sense of duty to serve other people. It's such an amazing culture to be able to be a part of serving those who have volunteered to serve. The other story that stands out in my mind when it comes to praying for individuals is uh, one part of the military is it's either quickly on the move or it's waiting for something to happen. And one late night, I remember I got a phone call and it was close to midnight. And it was one of those where I didn't recognize the number and you kind of have that internal conversation in your mind of whether this is a phone call that you think you should answer. Uh, but something told me, that the Spirit of God told me that this was a call that I needed to take. And so I answered the phone and there was a voice of a young soldier on the other end and uh, they asked for Chaplain Harrison and, and I said, that was me. And he said, I need some help. And I said, what's going on? He said, I'm sitting in the back of a police car I've just been arrested. They told me that I have a warrant out for my arrest and I don't know what to do. And they're going to take me down to a station a couple cities over. And I said, my advice in this moment is to do whatever the police tell you to do and to go to where they're trying to take you. What can I do in this moment that can help you? And they said, I was wondering if you could meet me at that station and help me get bail to get out tonight. And as I thought to myself, I had no idea who this soldier was. Uh, somehow they had my phone number. Sometime I had had an interaction with this soldier across the years, and they felt in that moment that I was somebody that they could call. And so I thought to myself, I had that internal conversation where all of a sudden I opened that prayer line to God and I say, Lord, I really need your help and your guidance in this moment. And so I thought about what was going on and, you know, what, what he had been arrested for at that moment wasn't, wasn't anything too nefarious other than um, kind of missing a court date for a traffic ticket he had had some time ago. Uh, but he needed to be able to get to work. He needed to be able to get out of jail that night to get back home. And so... I decided that I would go up to the police station and I would meet him. And I remember that night after figuring out the best way that I could help my soldier get out of jail, the best way that I could take care of him and, and set him up for some success and put some resources in his hands and some tools and some skills to where we could use this as a point to move forward. That night, 
after a couple hours of sitting at the police station and making some phone calls for him and setting up the way that we could get him home that night, we eventually got out of the police station about two o'clock in the morning. And I remember as I was driving that soldier back to his house, uh, about an hour away from where we were at that time, I asked him, where did you get my phone number? We don't even really know each other. And he said that you came to my unit a couple years ago and you gave a class on suicide prevention. And you told us that if we ever needed anything, that we could give you a call. And I believed you. And I said, you know, I really meant it too. I said, but I'm curious. I'm curious about how many other numbers in your phone you went through before you called me. And he said, every single one. You were the last number I could think to call. There's so many times in life that we can feel isolated. Uh, we can feel alone, even when we're a part of uh, such a large team as the U.S. military or we're part of a community. It is so easy to feel alone. And, and the military struggles with the same pressures and the same tensions as any other part of our community is they wrestle to uh, consider how does the military move forward? They still are plagued by chronic struggles with suicide, with sexual assault and sexual harassment and things that are corrosive to building cohesive teams and destroy relationships. And the same pressures that we see in our community almost seem magnified and amplified in the smaller culture of military service. And it seems so destructive. And yet things like coming alongside others in difficulty, lifting up each other with small bits of encouragement, of strength, uh, of being able to walk through difficult moments together are things that bring others together, no matter what culture we find ourselves in. And especially when it comes to the military, coming alongside others as a part of a community of care, of respect, is something that is so vitally needed. When less than 0.7% of our population serves in the military, it's very easy for the military to seem like something else, something separate, that they take care of themselves. But the responsibility of our community to come alongside others who serve, who have a sense of duty to protect, is essential in what it can take to care for our warriors. And so when we pray for those in military service, we remember that in Scripture there's incredible examples of why those who serve in the military have such a unique perspective on faith and what we can learn from them in, in such incredible moments, all the way from the Hebrew Scriptures where uh, we have stories of Joshua, uh, who was the leader of the army of the Hebrews, that when Moses came to the edge of the promised land and when he passed away and wasn't able to cross over, the people of God were led by a soldier. It's led by Joshua, one who had served in one capacity as a spy and at one point now serving as the commander of the army. You see the tensions that come. Even in the, the war, as they move into Canaan, uh, the commander of the army of the Lord, an angel, comes and speaks to Joshua and gives him encouragement and peace. Flip even to the New Testament, and you think of Jesus and the centurion in Matthew chapter 8, as the centurion has a sick servant, and he goes and he seeks Jesus out. This commander in the Roman army over uh, close to 100 men 
comes to seek Jesus out and ask him for healing for his servant. And Jesus agrees. Jesus says, I will come to your house. And the centurion, he tells Jesus, that's not necessary because I understand authority. I understand what it means for me to say go and somebody goes. I understand what it means for you to speak a word and for it to be done. All I need from you is a word that he'll be healed. And Jesus said of the centurion that nobody in Israel has the faith of that man that he just encountered. And I think of the stories in the book of Acts of Peter and Cornelius as the church is wrestling with the idea of who is a part of this family of God, who is this movement, this Pentecostal spreading of the church across the region, who gets to be a part of that group, that family, that calling. And here God calls Cornelius, again, a Roman centurion, a commander of over a hundred people. And God sends an angel to Cornelius and says, send for Peter. Peter has something he's going to say to you. Now, Peter, after he has his vision of the sheet coming down from heaven and God telling him to eat and that nothing he's created should be called impure. After that vision, the soldier and the two servants of Cornelius find Peter and say that they need to bring him back to Cornelius's house. And so Peter goes with them, even though they're Gentiles, even though they're unclean, Peter goes to their house because God has called him to that purpose. And I love it because nobody really knows what's going on. Each of them are holding a piece of the puzzle, but until they come together, the whole puzzle isn't quite made yet. And so Cornelius says, what do you have to say to us? And Peter says, I'm not sure what you want me to say to this. And Cornelius invites him to just say what the Lord has given him. There is so much to pray for when it comes to those who serve in the military, but so much more that we have to learn from them as well. To learn about duty, to learn about service, to learn about what it means to love each other so much that we're willing to lay down our lives for each other. So as we pray today, let us pray for those serving in the military. Righteous God, you rule the nations. Guard brave men and women in military service. Give them compassion for those who confront them as enemies. And keep our children from hate that hardens or from scorekeeping with human lives. Though for a season they must be people of war, let them live for peace. As eager for agreement as for victory, encourage them as they encourage one another. And never let hard duty separate them from loyalty to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen.